I read it somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, but it was 100% right, where it's the sort of, like, really confident waddle yes. that your goose has of, like, he walks into the thing and owns the place. Yep. Like, he goes into any situation being the, like, I am the alpha in this situation. Ladies and gentlemen on the internet, this is the Game Engine Start podcast for the 24th of September, 2019. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. I apologise in advance for my sounding. Uh, my girlfriend gave me horrible lurgy from her work. And oh, nice. Yep. I was off work and stuff and I'm only still recovering from it, but I'm all phlegmy, so I oh, sound yeah. pretty bad. I was That was me um, last week. I had... Yeah. Our, our office it's, it's, was it's, it's, it's kicking it's kicking around like everybody's just getting it all our over office the place. was like tumbleweeds during the during like, yeah. during the week it was just like people just kept dropping the flies it was very it's not fun. yeah but um but it's a good time to get super sick because i'm now terrified of how many video games are coming out there's a lot of shit um, there's a lot of stuff it's kind of scary actually it's terrifying like you want to like it was weird because I like I I was sick for like two days off work last week and I spent that entire time just grinding games of Gambit and Destiny and I was like I should probably be playing like an actual video game as opposed so, to clarify you, you mentioned this briefly to me personally but like clarify what you get if you for grinding so, these right, Gambit what happened, games what happened was my friend Ross uh, who also plays Destiny with me said hey I'm gonna go for the Gambit title. Um, you must be pretty close to it because you played the game longer than me. So what is what is the target? So the target is there's a there's a, a a triumph that's attached to it that is basically get all of the the quote unquote achievements in Gambit. Okay, which is like all the the like most of the medals and a bunch of oh, like other stuff right. that are all yes, associated with this right, triumph. Mm-hmm. And it's twelve things. And Ross best me is like, you must be like, you must be almost done with this so you could do it with me. And I looked and I was on like 10 out of 12 completely by accident. Like I wasn't even trying and I got okay. 10 out of 12. Sure. I was like, okay, what are the other two steps I need to do? I was like, I need to do one more of this very specific thing you have to do, uh, which is just like, I think it was like kill 45 enemies without dying in a game of Gambit or something. It's not that difficult, but right. I needed to do that once. And then the last one was the the harder step, which is every every season and every activity in Destiny has like a, a ribbon associated with it that is like collect all the items in this particular field. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you look at the Gambit one, it's like all the exotics, it's all the armor pieces, it's all the weapons, it's like everything. But you only need to do it for one of the classes, but it's, right, yeah, yeah. it's something like that. And I looked at it, and the only thing I was missing was the Gambit Ghost Shell. I was like, okay, that doesn't seem too difficult. How do we get the Gambit Ghost Shell? So went to look for the Gambit Ghost Shell, and to get the shell, you need to reset your Infamy rank, which is do a complete Infamy like ladder, zero. ladder up and then back to zero. You need to do that three times in a season. What? Yeah. Huh. And three times in one season and i was like because ross was convinced that it was like no no it's just three times total and i was like no i've i've reset my infamy 
at least once every season since Gambit's come out, and I right. don't have the ghost shell. So it's three in a season. And I looked, I'd already reset my infamy once that season, and I was like two games away from resetting my infamy Ugh. for a second time. Right. So it was literally just do this very specific thing, which is super simple, and I did it in like the first game. <laughs> then just keep playing Gambit until you can reset your infamy for a third time. And it's not even like just keep playing Gambit. Like it's not like rounds played. Like you have to play well in order to gain the infamy, right? Like, well, you, you you gain infamy win or loss, but you gain a lot more if you win. Exactly, and like, you gain, and you gain a hell of a lot more if you do it in a streak, which is sure, yeah. Oh, so you, right, if you're, of course. If you're good, if you're good, you get streak bonus, and it's right. Okay, yeah. So I'm at the period now where I'm just having to play a lot of Gambit, and Gambit's bad now, and I don't really like Gambit anymore. But I have to keep playing it. I'd have to is a very strange way of saying that. Well, no, yeah. because it's I'm I'm now like ridiculously close to it. And it so, is, and it's, a, and it's a cool title. So here's, so here's the thing, right? If nobody yeah. had mentioned to you, "Hey, by the way, you're super close to doing this," you wouldn't have had to put yourself through any of this, right? No, if if Ross hadn't said anything, I would have just carried on, went into shadow keeping, moved fine. Exactly. But just, then he was like, "Yeah, you're really close to this, and the season ends in two weeks. You could probably oh. do this." I was like, uh, "Yeah, you're probably right." What really motivated me was he got it before I did. So oh, okay. Now sure. I have to get it. God. So. <laughs> just be really lucky none of your friends are trying to get you to take up smoking because you just fold no, immediately. That's, that's different, right? That's exactly the same thing. No, because that actively like harms my body, right? This just... I would I would say that Destiny also Gambit, to that Gambit extent... just makes me hate myself. That's different. <laughs> it, I it don't takes... actively I'm I'm not causing physical harm to my body. I just don't like myself for it, doing it, what it, I'm it doing. Doesn't, it takes emotional toll as opposed to physical toll. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I need I need, need sixteen thousand infamy and I've got like fifteen and a half. So I'm really close. And then I can just never play Gambit ever again. Like ever. And, well, except yeah, you're right. Except, I'll only ever play Gambit for dailies at that point. Like, right. That's okay. that's it. Sure. I don't I don't have to like do a grind or worry about it or anything. I have the title until the, the title next says I'm I'm the best Gambit player and that's it. Until the so. title comes round again next season, well, right? Once you, no, once you have the title, you've got the title. Like that's it. I thought it was per season though. No, 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 no. Once you've got a title, you've got the title. Oh, okay. So you'll just never have to play it's Gambit. Just the, the, only, the, the, the problem would be if the the reset happened and I hadn't done my three resets because then right. that, that goes back to zero and I'd have to okay, rank so, three times so in that norm- season as opposed to this season. So normal human people just decide like, hey, I'll get it eventually, like just by over time. Well, no, because there's, there's, there's no way if you're a random normal human being not like me that is doing this like casually or whatever, you'll never get the title. Like you have to actively play a fuck ton of gambit to get that title right hmm. like there's no way you'd be able to do it casually like zero you get, chance you'd be able to do it do you casually. get like a do you get like a shirt do you get like some charge key except the title or is it just well you can so the, each of the each of like the major triumphs uh you get like a a special badge that gets associated with your account okay and you can pay money to get a physical version of that badge oh okay sure so it'll come around about the time when my thorn replica comes <laughs> When's that? I was going to say, when's your Thorn replica? It's supposed to be getting posted at the end of this month. Why is it taking so long? Is it a pre-order? These things always take forever. Yeah, it was a pre-order. Oh, okay. I thought it was out, out. Okay, sure. No, 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 no. Okay. I did that ages ago and I gave them money for that. I'm just waiting for them to tell me they posted it. Okay, sure. 
early access for physical items. It's a then I can get my physical my physical gambit badge that says I'm really good at gambit, and then I never have to play it again. Jesus, I. There are moments I feel bad about telling you to play Destiny. There really is. Nah, it's a good game. Like I, I know it is, but like you shouldn't feel bad about saying to someone you should play this good video game. That's not. Yeah, I know, but still, there's a good video you'll game. You'll be and... you'll be thankful when eventually I get a raid group together, and then you yeah, want to see the raids. That's... True. That's true. That is true. Um. So apart from killing yourself over Gambit stuff, <laughs> what have you been? What have you been playing? About the uh, millions so of video think... games that came out. So the only other thing I've been playing, uh, other than the game that we've both played that I assume we'll talk about, mm. uh, is a game called Greedfall. Right. Um, so before we start, this Greedfall was provided, a code was provided for me by the publisher, Focus Home Interactive. Yes. Um, so thank you to them for that. Uh, uh, Greedfall is a new open world RPG by Spiders. Who are Callum's favourite developers in the whole world. The creators world. of such fine video games as Mars Warlogs and Technomancer. Uh, Mars Warlogs came out before we started this show, so I didn't actually talk about it. Yeah. I spent a lot of time talking about the Technomancer on this yes, show. Yes, you did, you did. Um, Spiders, they were, a, they were a developer that just seemed to create what I called like the B-movies of video games where everything's kind of really bad but there's a lot of heart in it and you yeah. can see people are really trying and you can see what they're going for they're just not able to get there right it's like the Technomancer was fascinating and but it was just bad but it wasn't good yeah but it was oh no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't good it was just really interesting and every time something happened in it it just made you go oh god what is what is this and yeah so that was really interesting. So Greedfall is a new open world RPG by them. Uh, it is set in a fantasy sort of colloquialism age, sort of like Inquisition conquistadors sort of thing. You don't mean colloquialism. Uh, not colloquialism, no. Uh, colonialism. Colonialism, that's there what I'm go. looking for. Yes, okay. colonial is like open world colonialism RPG. Okay. Uh, where you play as... Again, this starts weird because they pronounce the main character's name like three different ways. Really? Um, <laughs> okay. I, I think it's Desart or Desard okay. or Desarde or something like that. They say it those three ways. It's either Desart, Desard or Desarde. Okay. I think it's Desarde. Uh, you are the legate of the Consulate of Merchants. That's a lot of words. Okay. Yep. I know. So you're basically like the the political representative for this this nation that's called the Consulate of Merchants uh, that is currently mediating a dispute between the Bridge Alliance, who are like sciencey alchemist, Middle Eastern inspired sort of nation that are all about progress and seeing the future, uh, and Telemi, who are the religious half that are a lot more. West society, they like their religion and their gods and their texts, and they stick to it that way. That's right. their thing. So you're you're settling a dispute between them in the new world because you start the first two hours are spent at home in this place called Serene, because of course it's called Serene. Of course, and you're going to the the game starts with you and your cousin, who's the governor of this this new world place that they called New Serene, have to go to New Serene. And you're there to mediate between the bridge lines and Telemi and the natives of that island um, while you are setting up New Serene. So the base level premise is actually kind of interesting because it's 
it's not really something that's ever talked about in video games. There's not a lot of colonialism that's really delved into well, video games a lot. Not not it's this the, explicitly. Like there's no, a lot of undertones not, of that in a lot of games. But yeah, like you, you, there was a lot of talk about like you like taking advantage of other societies and all yeah. that stuff that is like. But this um, is straight up like we're going to colonize this theme. place. Yeah, this yeah. this is literally. Hey, this is what America did, and yep. like this is what happened in South America, and like all yeah, that yeah. stuff is definitely like that. Only there's like magic and stuff, but that's... it's not. It's not like well, obviously not real America, but it's not like they're not like the US, right? Like they're no, they are. Right, okay. They're a fake fantasy nation that is okay. like very. They're like France and Spain and a bit of Germany kind okay. of all rolled into one. It's it's, it's, it's European colonialism, yeah, not US general colonialism. European okay. colonialism. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's the base level for the game. The game itself, what is, what is it? Is it like Dragon so Age? Is it, is it, it? Yeah, so it's essentially it's essentially Dragon Age Inquisition, right? But it's it's almost exactly the same as Dragon Age Inquisition, except you're there to like you're building a nation somewhere right. else as opposed to you setting up the Inquisition. Um, but it's the same thing, and it is definitely the best thing that spiders have put out. It is not outwardly crazy or like wild or and everything and everything isn't bad immediately. Right. Like the fir- the first two hours of that game are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the two hours that you spend on Serene, where you're like you're learning about the Sarde, you're learning about his cousin, you're learning about the two other nations, you're learning about like why you need to go to New Serene. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of like side quest stuff that you do in Serene. That stuff is pretty cool because you meet interesting characters. The writing's not awful; it's like fairly competent. Right. Voice acting less so, but it is like <laughs> uh-huh. it is it is it is outwardly better than the Technomancer. Like in the Technomancer, in the first half hour, I was going, "What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense." Greedfall, I was into it. I was like, okay. "Oh yeah, this is pretty cool. I can understand it." And like the quests are cool, and they set up the world really well. Like they set up a. There's like a whole like side society of uh, uh, like naval what's the word like naval traders and stuff like that merchants that have their own they're called the knots they have their own like society that like they're they they deal in like they can deal in contracts that are to do with like people okay. and like powerful nations will hire them to deal with their trade but as part of the contract they have to like give up their son and stuff like that it's a, weird okay it's a weird but it's interesting like that's a cool idea for oh a, yeah totally a, yeah, yeah. A, a like sort of group of people um so i was really i was super into it uh for the first two hours um and then you get to new serene and everything becomes really boring oh and the most like boilerplate cookie cutter rpg that you can like if you said to someone i'm going to make a colonialism rpg right there are story beats and things that would happen that you would look at and be like that's the cliche that's probably gonna happen yeah, and yeah. this game hit, hits them almost immediately oh, and okay. it's and it's kind of and then it gets to like serene was really tight and focused and everything had a purpose whereas when you get to new serene and everything opens up and it becomes this kind of like big island open world it's really bad at directing you like it points you in a direction but then it gives you multiple bigger open world areas along the way that don't really have anything in it but you can explore them if you want right and then it 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 gets into like this kind of feeds neatly into like the combat system which is 
it's action combat, so it's active time. Mm-hmm. So you have like your attack, which is just straight sword attack or guns or magic or whatever it is, and you have skills that you can also use, which are on like your number bar, like your one, two, three, fours. Um, and yeah, there's like a parry system, there's a blocking system, there's a dodging system, and but it's really the whole system is really floaty, right? And nothing feels like it has much impact. So like you're hitting people with a sword when it feels like you're just sort of slashing in the air. Does it feel like so um, like old MMO style? Yeah, kind almost. of. Where you're just kind of where you're just kind of waving a has sword. Any weight to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like you're doing stuff and like the best. There's a there's a, a an attack you can do that's supposed to like knock your opponent off balance. Mm. So there's this whole thing of like you can knock people out of attacks to get them in a stun state to then attack them again mm-hmm. and. The attack is literally your character does a bicycle kick, like right. proper jump in the air bicycle kick, but also it has like a it has like an active range where if you if you activate this skill at any point in this range, it's gonna hit. But right. it means that your character has like a weird sort of sped up animation to huh. where they like teleport bicycle kick this cow in the face. <laughs> and it Okay. It's really weird and yeah, it's I don't know why that happens. And like, so yeah, nothing has any weight. Nothing really feels good to use. The only thing that feels good to use are guns. Cause they're, they're like an active ability. And the active ability is shoot my gun. Right. And you, you fucking shoot the gun and it does a massive amount of damage and takes away all their armor. Mm-hmm. But then you have to reload, but the reload is not, and these are like flintlock rifles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not, so they're, you would expect them to like reload really slowly, but they don't. You can like fire and then hit the button again, and then like maybe point three of a second later you can fire it again. So you Weird. can just sit at the back with a huge fucking rifle and just go fire, wait, fire, wait, fire, wait, and everything dies. Is there ammo? And it, yeah, there's ammo, but you get like a shit ton of it oh, everywhere. Okay. Like every crate you open has at least three ammo in it, huh. so you never run out. So you can just sit firing your rifle. Like there's a whole there's a whole storyline that you find uh, that. One of the native merchants or something, his cousin's been kidnapped, and you find out that he's been sold into the fighting pits because, of course, he has. Of course, you have. Do. Um, so you go to the fighting pits and you say, "I want to fight for this person's life." Sure. And you get there, and it's supposed to be like this, like super hard fight where it's like a guy and two massive bulls, but you send your companion characters to go and fight them, and you stand at the back with your giant rifle and just constantly fire your rifle into the bulls and they, they die and then the other guy dies in one shot because he's just a human right and it it gets really dull really quickly sure when when you discover that that's how you're supposed to play the game of oh you just use guns and then everything dies it's because there's like a system there's a system that's supposed to be like things have armor uh-huh. like if you wear plate mail or whatever you have more of your armor stat that is supposed to m- mitigate damage from like swords and right right axes yeah. and stuff but if you fire a gun at them, it shreds their armor. Oh. So you fire the gun at them and half their armor's gone. You fire the gun again and all their armor's gone, so they take full damage. And then you shoot them once and they die. Weird. So it's, it's such a weird system. But And there's like cool things like the the magic system, which is all based on like rings, is like super interesting. And there's right. like big heavy weapons you can use. But there's no reason to. So right. it just ends up... Like, I had a guy, I, the, the, the build I wanted to do for the guy was going to be, like, a cool sort of, like, roguey gunslinger that also has magic, but I just found myself constantly using guns. It was... So it gets really dull. Um, 
the the story when you get to the story gets set up in Serene as like a, these two nations don't like each other and you have to mediate between the two of them. Both of them are on this new island and also the natives, so you have to deal with these sort of three things at once. Right. But it that the story never really gets out of that. It gets it's more of that's like the, the whole thing. We're the we're the science guys, and we don't like the religious types. Ah, but we're the religious types, and we don't like the science guys. And the natives are in between, going, "We don't like that all of you are here." <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So sure. you go, you go in like, like, and it, oh man, the 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 accent that they've chosen for the the natives is like. So wait, like, what what would you say the closest like real world fictional place this island is supposed to be? Uh like some Caribbean island, I guess. Right. Like kind of some, that kind like of part you, of the world. Yeah, like if you imagine like Port Royal or okay, something like sure. that, like a okay. Caribbean sort of island. Okay. Um, but because of colonialism, it now has like farmland and of stuff course. in it. Yep. Um, but yeah, the the native tribes are the most like if you if you thought of like a this is this is a native tribe sort of thing right you would probably be able to tell what they are they wear face paint they wear oh they're going like, full on like native like, yeah they, they wear okay. face paint they wear like bone clothing they have oh. like twigs in their head like it is huh. proper full native and the accent makes no sense like it is an accent that doesn't exist in humanity it is like Irish by way of Newcastle what by way of Wales, but like that is all these accents sort of like mashed together and it is actually actively difficult to listen to sometimes where it's like it's like not it is is difficult to listen to like it, even though there are like it, subtitles on screen you it's hard to tell what they're saying it's a weird choice and they all talk like that and there are multiple voice actors right. so they must have had it written down somewhere of like this is what we want you to sound like yeah this is and what I, the this is what I want to know what that like. bit of paper said. Like, I want to know what the thing of like you are playing this native character. Here is their accent because so spi- I don't know how you would say that to anybody. Spiders are French, I want to say because uh, focus home interactive. So I assume it's French. Uh, let me check. Um, I'm not sure. I assume it's French, but uh, yeah, they're in France. France. Okay, fair enough. Weird. Okay, but t- so does it? Even if it is like, even if that is the entire like part of this like if that's all the story so, does so I, 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 I'll say I've only played like eight hours so the story yeah. might go places later sure but, but you should okay but right, the, right now when you're you're first on the island your first quests are like go meet the bridge alliance go meet Telemi go meet the natives and it is just that as like the the science people don't like the religion the religion people don't like the science and the natives are like we're scared of everything and sure. that's the so does it actually like does it do anything interesting with that as a story? Like, does it does it make does it make any comments on like colonialism no. as a thing, or is it just like this is Not a setup really. for our story? It is, it is purely just a setup for that open world. Is that huh. okay. this is this is it's colonialism, and they're coming. You're helping founding this new town on this island in the new world, right? Okay, and then that's Weird. it. And okay. a lot of the, a lot of the quests that you the side quests and stuff that you do aren't. Some of them are like in the town, and they're kind of like slightly more interesting. Like right. there's there's some there's some stuff in the town that's kind of cool, but then when you go out and start talking to our nations, it is like every every town there is a there is a native that is having a problem getting accepted into the town, and you have to go and help the native, and that happens in every t- including the town that you land on. There is always a native that is getting shunned by society, 
you have to go and help. Okay. There is, a, there is usually a quest where there is some uh, slightly more evil half of the natives that are attacking the town that you have to go and deal with. There is... It is like general, like boilerplate. This is what you would expect from this sort of RPG style quests, right? But wow, huh? So, so it's, that, it's it sounds like it's the best game they've ever made, but also the least interesting because yes, exactly. That's exactly it. So, the, like mechanically, it is the best thing that they have put out. But by making it a better game, it is far less interesting an experience, right? Like, <laughs> okay. The, because they are because the 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 technical competence is now catching up with them it's it's easier to see what they're going for and what they're going for is something very generic or they're what they have ended up going for i should yeah. say is going is or they have ended up producing as something generic because at least like whereas what... when you look at stuff like the technomancer it's you you can see there is something that they're trying to do that you just can't see, and right. that is making it more interesting. Sure, by going, I need, I need to see what they're trying to do with this, and like you're, but for Greedfall, in the first few hours you see what they're going for, and then it just does it, and that's it. Right, and like, and, it, the, and it's the, not even a good version. There are better versions of that thing. Oh out yeah, there. there are there are way better open world RPGs that you could be playing. Like it's right. the, it's it's just that. Like it's it's, it's a real shame, but um, cool. Okay, that's it. That's, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, good, good to know. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I played like a, a lot of stuff, but like things. I've kind of touched a lot of things at once. Um, so I finished Control. Um, oh, like the, done, the, the, done, like... the main, well, the main main storyline. I'm still cleaning up side stuff. Um, the anchor can go fuck itself. That is oh, the anchor. Oh, that's a like side boss fight thing that is just like. Whew, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 main story is it, just, is it just hard or is it annoying or is it's it... somewhere in between. Like it. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's weird. Um. But the, yeah, the main storyline is is pretty good. Like has a pretty good resolution and really sets up like. And they actually timed it, but I, obviously not. There's no way they could have seen this. But like, I wrapped that game up, and then like the day after, they announced their DLC plans. Mm. And having just seen the the ending, you're like, oh, I totally see how they could set up to do x y and z and actually become like it's a really good foundation for them to do some really wild shit with that premise sure um, well i mean just like just hearing the premise on its own you realize totally. they could probably do some wild shit like yeah this. totally um and like the yeah the the between stuff the sorry the the actual ending of the story is 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 pretty decent and like it, it puts it in a good place to to expand on like it doesn't right. feel it doesn't feel finished well sorry no that's not what i mean it doesn't feel like the story is finished like it feels like this is the end of like chapter one of this story, and you're like, okay, right, good, okay. It has its own resolution, that's fine. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I played, uh, I've played like a couple of hours of Overland. Um, I'm not right. going to talk too much about that because we're going to do a video on it, but um, yeah, that it's interesting. It's FTL crossed with very simple XCOM. Um, okay, sure, that sounds like an interesting idea. Yeah, that's- it is, and it's it's got a cool look to it and it's got some cool concepts to it it might be a little unless it open it might be a little simplistic like it might be because you look at something like into the breach which i've seen it compared to a, a lot as well where you're like the rule set is very simple but the it's the application of all the different skills that 
everyone has. So it's like you have the guys that can like you cut you combine like a pushback with a particular attack to get people in line and all this kind of stuff. Ah, like, okay, sure. It like doesn't positional based combat. Yeah, like positional based combat is still a thing, but it doesn't feel like you have a lot of like variety in your skills. Like everyone can kind of do the same thing. With a couple of exceptions, and you're just like, well, okay, these right, are the okay. these are the tools you have. How are you going to expand this over eight areas or whatever it is? But um, like I said, we'll do a video on it, and you can. It's easier to see rather than explain. Um, and also, what else was there? I had a list. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts came out oh, yeah. as well, which is. Exactly what I thought a game was going to be, and the game was... that got you to listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. Like... Yeah, it turns out the album's pretty good. As it turns yeah, out, yeah, turns out she makes good music. Good music. Um, so, Sign Our World Hearts is out on. So, it, it turns out the other reason why a lot of games that I was looking forward to came out this week or are coming out came out last week or Relatively this week soon, yeah. is because um, a bunch of them are tied up with Apple Arcade. Which launched ah, at the same time. Yeah. So, like, Overland, Sayonara World Hearts, and the, the next game we're going to talk about are all out on Apple Arcades. And they all launched um, on Apple Arcades. So, that's why a bunch of them hit this week. Um, but yeah, Sayonara World Hearts is basically, hey, what if res, but not trance music? And it's. Yeah, what if res, but like banging pop tunes. Yeah. But also, I listened. I listened to the full uh, soundtrack and yeah, work. Uh, it's on real Friday, good. And it is. It is like proper upbeat electronic pop yeah. music. Like there's yeah. one. There's a couple of tracks in there. Like I, I was. I'm going to experiment today with seeing if I can put a switch up t- to show you some of the stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. Like there's a couple of tracks in there that are just incredible. And like the whole final. It yeah. So it's 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 not just res. It's like res, but. Like most of the time, it's a uh, um, driving game's not the right thing, but it's basically like a left to right, like kind of bullet avoidance thing, right? For most of the time, and then it's, it's, a, like, it's a it's a shmup without without you, shooting, yeah. That... And then occasionally you'll shoot, and then occasionally it'll become res, and then occasionally it'll become like Panzer Dragoon, and oh, also yeah, there's sure. quick and also there's like quick time stuff in there that's to the music and like it's a really and then there's like. It's Samogo, which is the guys that did Year Walk and Device 6, which are phenomenal games. Sailor's Dream. And Sailor's Dream, which were phenomenal things. But, like, and this is a Mm. style that they have never done before, and it looks incredible. Like, there's stuff in there that, like, every now and then I look at something and go, I physically don't know how you did that. Like, I don't understand how this thing is put together. Um... And yeah, it's it's super smooth. It's real short, like, the same way Rez is. Like, you you can burn through every level and, like, an hour, maybe, if you just go from start to finish. Um, yeah, it's it's real cool. It's it's it, there's not really much more to say than that. Like it, yeah. you just you just need to know what it is going into it. But it's well worth well worth a look to, if you like mm. that kind of stuff. Um, I, so, I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, at some the, point. the soundtracks on Spotify. If you want to have a listen to to what it is, it's like, hey, what if churches did res? And I'm like, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. That's, yeah, if it was like, yeah, churches or Carly Rae Jepsen or something like that yeah. made a res game, it was. Um, it's very. That's, that's that's pretty accurate. I think it's ten pound. It's out on Switch and Apple Arcade. I think it's coming yeah. to PS4 later or maybe now. I can't remember. I can't remember. But it's yeah, it's it's worth a look. But the thing I really want to talk about is. A game that I've been following for a while and also came out on Friday or Thursday. Yeah. And I was also in Apple Arcade and I'd forgotten existed until I got the, the Steam notification saying, hey, this thing on your wish list is on sale. There's a game called Jenny LeClue Detective Vu, which 
no joke is one of the best things I've played this year. And yeah. so like I said, we had a we had a, a weekend this week where a bunch of games came out last week and this week. Like a lot of stuff I've been really looking forward to. Like Link's Awakening came out yesterday and I was looking forward to get doing that most of this weekend. And instead I sat down on Saturday morning, I was like, I should give this a shot because it's here and it looks cool. And I played it for eight hours straight and did the whole thing. Like in one right. sitting. Um so it is a adventure game mixed with like Night of the Woods and Professor Layton and it's a Puzzle Puzzle Adventure game. Yeah, but like with, with words and whatnot. Yeah, but also like some really good dialogue, like really well written characters and some really good interactions. So the the setup is basically Oh god, I can't even Okay, so yeah, I can do the setup because this is like the first 15 minutes, and the less you know about the story, the better. This is the first 15 minutes of the game, where it opens on a uh, author, a mystery, mystery author, who writes a series of books called General Clue, and she's got a very kind of Nancy Drew feel to her, uh, as it's described. It's like, she's a, she's a kid okay. that solves, solves mysteries, like the mystery of the missing pen, and that kind of level of, sure. of, of kid's book. And he's on the phone to his uh, publisher... And his publisher is like, this is your 38th book. The sales and reviews have been getting, or sorry, the reviews have been getting worse and worse and worse. Like, yeah. you need to do something special with this book or the series is cancelled. And he's like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, and it cuts back to like his desk and you can kind of explore his desk a little bit. And his desk has like letters from, or letters to the fans saying like, hey, book 38 is coming and don't worry, like, like, like Arthurton, which is the the town she lives in, and like her, like we're all about like. So wait, you're 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 playing a character in a book that's being written. Is that yes? The... That's right, kind okay. of half of it. So yeah, so and he's like, the book's gonna be like, don't worry, nothing's gonna happen to her. Like, there's they really set up this thing of like this series of books is very kind of, um, Hardy Boys, kind of Nancy Drew, very kind of light kids yeah. book detective mystery kind of thing. But he now has his publisher going, like, literally, basically, like, there needs to be a murder in Arthurton. Like, something exciting, or we are cancelling this set of books. And he's like, okay, fine. Uh, I just need to do this and see what it goes. And he starts typing, and then it goes into the story where you're playing as Jenny as this story's evolving. And I basically can't say anything more than that, because the arc of this story has some really wild turns in it which really plays with this whole kind of meta like author character dynamic and like the 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 author himself kind of struggling with like taking these thing these characters and world he's created over all these years and like yeah it's it's absolutely fascinating and on top of all that like the characters are all brilliant like it's got a real kind of night in the woods feel to the dialogue um where um like they feel like people talking to each other like it doesn't feel like a like really contrived like there's some real mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. scenes in there um it looks incredible like it really looks incredible like it's got this kind of like paper crafts for the wrong look to it but it's got this kind of flat 2d look to it but it's got like pseudo 3d environments and, like, the lighting is incredible, and, like, all the detail in all the characters and world is just out... Like, it's one of the best-looking things I've played this year. Like, it's... It's an it's amazing-looking thing. And especially, like, the opening section, like, after you... um, 
after the opening section, like mo- uh, there's a chunk of it that's set on the the town's like university campus. It's like a university town almost that it is, and it's set on the campus and like the sun setting. Like it's kind of the the kind of um, uh, kind of dusk setting, and you're walking through this university campus as they're setting up for this big party, and it's just it's it looks so good. Like I, it sounds like I'm over exaggerating this, but it really looks incredible. Sure. Um. Yeah, and then the gameplay is like it's an adventure game where you go around and, and do things. Uh, you kind of do adventure game things, but like she will like so you'll come so like the first thing you do is you get high, like, she's saved up a bunch of money to put an ad in the paper to be like I'm like private detective for sale, and um, her first case is like she goes down to meet the client down at the docks, and the the case is that she's lost her glasses, and she does like this really cool. Um, um, so, like, she has, like, an investigation mode, and I'll come up and say, the case of the missing glasses, like, in a really cool font. And then you'll do, like, you'll basically, like, the the character you're interviewing, like, will go, like, they'll really zoom in on them, and you can, like, scan around them to be like, ah, okay, like, you had, there's crumbs on your, your bow tie, so you obviously had d- donuts for breakfast. And, like, you'll hover over the bow tie, and you'll hold it down, and she'll do, like, as if it's a whiteboard, like, she'll draw arrows to it, and draw, like, a donut, maybe, question mark. And it'll kind of fill out this whole picture. And then once you've got all the clues, it'll then go, okay, here's all the clues. Like, make your deduction about what happened. And you kind of tie clues together in this really, like, awesome, like, fake whiteboard style. Yeah. It's just so cool. And, like, yeah. So it's got that. And then it's got, like, straight up, like, latent style puzzle game, puzzle stuff. Like, you, you, like, repair. You have to do match things. You don't have to do much sex, but like you repair a bunch of notes, like you slide pegs around the board to unlock stuff. There's like a lock picking mini game. There's a whole section in the middle that's like you're driving a speedboat from like top down through this river, um, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's just excellent. It's just a really good, solid adventure game Thing. with yeah. really funny, great looking, awesome character, great narrative thing, and like. The narrative, the narrative goes places that you really don't expect, and it turns out to be not about. It turns to, it, it turns out to be about like four different things as opposed to like right. just being about the main character. And it How just, long is it? It's. I think I was like seven or eight hours. I think. Sure. And I did it in one. I did it in basically one sitting from yeah. from Saturday morning, um, which you don't have to at all. It's also like it sounds really trite to say this, but like. It is really polished. Like, it's, like, amazingly polished. Like, I found, mm-hmm. like, one bug in the whole game. Who made it? It's a, a two-person... Well, the the studio is two people. It's a Kickstarter game. It's been in development for, like, five uh, years or okay. something like that. Sure. But it's, like, Mogra- Mography, I think, is the name of the studio. And it's, like, two people with a bunch of, like, uh, help from, like, from around. But it's basically been, like, these two guys... I've been working on this for like five years. Like it was supposed to come out. Like you do a you do a Google search, and it's like we're aiming to release episode, uh, the first part in uh, summer of twenty sixteen. And you're like, okay, sure. Like it has been in development for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's the other thing as well. And I'm only saying this because until I knew this, I was kind of disappointed with the ending. But this is a part one. Like there is a ah okay. There's going to be like, another. It's a good kind of overall story. Like it's a good kind of concise like story in the thing but it ends on this huge cliffhanger and then just ends and you're like 
wait, what? How, like, there's nothing on the Steam page that says it's a part one. Like, I had to go digging through. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm looking at it and it doesn't say anywhere. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to go through, like, digging through, like, original Kickstarter and them talking about, like, and they do allude to it at the end. Like, the credits say, like, thank you for playing. I think the line is, like, a good detective never leaves a case unsolved. So, like, it hints sure. at, like, hey, there's going to be more, but not, like, there's DLC coming in six months. Like, this is the game for now. Like, it feels kind of like... Um... So, right, here's so here's my question. The late, Professor Layton, because I do really like the Professor yes. Layton games, um, had an issue where if you're not good enough at puzzles, yeah. you don't get to see that game. Oh, right. No, this is, is not... Is, is this game's, like, super difficult? No, it's not. have, like, it's a not. system? The puzzles, have... the puzzles definitely lean towards more, like, keeping you moving. Like, right, they're not okay. they're not hugely complicated, but they're enough to kind of... you do Yeah, you do some interesting stuff with it, but it's not like... Okay. You're not going to sit and stare like, at a screen As long forever. as it's not, like, balls hard, like, uh, no, like no, no, no. eventually got the... No, yeah. no, no. Um, okay. It's, yeah, it's not that. It's, it's, I mean, the only time, I'm, the only reason I mentioned Professor Layton in there is like it's not just like side-scrolling platformer. Like it cuts to like locks and like maps and decoding stuff and like like it cuts to all these different things. And it's one of those games which is like it. You see why it took so long because there's a lot mm. of stuff in there they use once and then just never use again. Like there's mechanics and stuff in there. Where they're like, this is purely just for this puzzle, and we're never going to touch it again. But it's like a remarkably intricate little thing, and then it's like, cool, you'll never see it again, and then just move on. Um, right. Yeah, it's just superb. It's so good, and it like, it, like you have to be into the things that it does. Like you have to be okay with like a narrative-led adventure game. Like you have to be okay with like puzzle solving that is maybe like not hugely difficult, but enough to kind of keep you going. Like it, like it. Fans of Nights in the Wo- Night in the Woods, fans of like it reminds me a lot of um the the visual style is kind of very Broken Age, but not in terms of like because that game was yeah it's it's like you said it's like a weird sort of like almost papercraft sort of thing yeah um, um but not it's like, quite but it is that sort of like movement yeah it feels like Broken Age but like ramped up to like twenty like it's just it does stuff with perspective and um the two D aspect of it. Just, yeah. just the level of detail in, in a lot of it is really, really good. But it's like, yeah, like, like Broken Age was... Broken Age ruined... The second half of that game ruined that game for me. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's so cool. I was just so happy to see it as a thing. That yeah. Ex- like, yeah, it feels like a game that shouldn't exist. Like, nobody is making games like this before with this particular thing. And then as the story evolved and you saw what they were actually talking... What, what it's the extra strands of the story that is not just about the main story. It was just mm. so cool. Like I cannot recommend it highly enough to people if they, if they get a chance to play it. Um, so it's on steam. It's also on, so it's on steam and Apple arcade. Now, I think, let me just make sure I've got this right because there's a console version coming. Um, let me just make sure. Um, Yes, on Steam, Apple Arcade is in GOG right now. Right. And then there's theoretically console and Switch versions coming later. Um, There's also no voice acting, but that's fine because you don't need it. And actually, like... Supposedly, there's voice acting coming, like, in a patch, from what I can tell. But actually, like, 
you're not going to miss... Like, I think actually the voice acting might ruin it a little bit. Like, I'm kind of okay with the way that it's done so far. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it, like, completely no voice acting? Or is it the sort of thing where it's, like, it makes little noises it makes, to make like, it seem like the character's talking? It kind of sounds more like more like the sound of, like, a visual novel text being drawn. But their mouths move, like, Right, sync, okay, right? sure, sure. So it's, yeah. it, it feels like they sync the mouths up to voice acting that's not there, but the text is there. And the text is, like... The subtitles or like the text parts of it are like active, where like they will do like big font, shaky font, like really yeah, small sure. things for whispering, like all that stuff is in there as well. So yeah, it's great. It's so cool. Um, and just a fantastic little surprise where I expected to play it and be like, cool, this is like a cool looking adventure game. But like, no, it's like there's a lot there and it's yeah. well worth a look. Um, I think that was everything. Yeah, I think that's everything. Yes, it is. Cool. I haven't played Link's Awakening because I spent yesterday playing that. So Yeah, that's fine. Um but like that like I don't know what I'm really gonna be able to say about that game. Like Link's Awakening, it was it's I, Link's I, Awakening. I, yeah. I played that game like seven times in the original Game Boy and this is gonna be that but shinier. So Yeah. You know, I'm sure it'll be fine. And there's plenty of video and stuff out there of that game, so I probably don't need to talk about it to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to take a break before we talk about yeah thing? let's take a break and then we'll do that yeah. um, so I have and I closed the window where I had the song up so I talked um, two episodes ago it's good production values yeah, I closed it uh, sorry I talked two episodes ago about Eliza which is again one of the best things I played this year and I really enjoyed the the soundtrack for it it's done by the same people who did the soundtrack for the same dudes uh, Matthew Burns yeah who did the soundtracks for like their previous games, like X-Punks and Opus Magnum, like Zing Guy did the soundtrack, but it's a very different sounding thing. Like it's definitely a um Oh, this is the this is those guys, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was trying to remember what game you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um you know the visual novel from the guys who made Exapunks, like that. Yeah, that that thing, yeah. Um yeah, so the uh so this is one of the this is Nora's track. This is a scene from the game where you go to a you go to a club with like one of your friends who you used to work in the company you used to work for. She's now left and is now pursuing art, so she's now an electronic musician. And you go along to see her show, um, and this is the song that plays with that. So this is Nora's track from the Eliza um, soundtrack, and we'll be back with some more games right after this. soundtrack check out the post so you can um, get links on where to pick that up I think it's just the Bandcamp as far as I can tell which is the studios the Zachtronics Bandcamp but um, yeah it's cool so let's talk about geese Callum yeah talk not about some a- asshole goose asshole but... geese and not the one from Gundam like an actual goose Pretty or sure the there's... one from King of Fighters or the one from is he geese geese Howard, geese Howard. yes yeah. no this is a much more annoying goose this is 
the goose from Untitled Goose Game, who is a yeah. complete dick, and I He's love dick. it. Yeah, absolute dick. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Untitled Goose Game, uh, which is a game that has been on a lot of people's radar inexplicably for quite a long time, ever since the first trailer came out, and it was just like, what is this game? Are you just a goose fucking people's day it's up? Like, the subtitle of this game is, it's a lovely day in the village and you're a horrible goose. Like, that is the subtitle of this game. Yeah, and it's so... Yeah. Everybody that saw that first trailer thought, is this just going to be like a simulator where you're an asshole goose? And yes, you kind of, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. But it's also inexplicably both a stealth game and a puzzle game at yeah. the same time. Yep. Which is the main the main crux of this thing is that you play a goose in a very quaint English-looking town. Yeah. Definitely has to be England because yeah. no other towns like that exist in the world. Yep. Um and you're a goose and you have things to do. You have a to-do list. A lot of those are to fuck with people in the town uh, for your own benefit. And sometimes you not even for your, way of doing that. Sometimes not even for your own benefit. Sometimes just to fuck with them, which I thought yeah, was a really so interesting touch. You have, the, the control you have over the goose is you have, you have your waddle, you have faster waddling, you have your wing flapping... You have your neck control, which can like grab things from high up or low down, and you have your honk button. I also discovered that neck control is analog, and that yeah. was really good. So like, you could do like a little bit of neck control, yeah. um, and that's how you're supposed to interact with the world. And you have this list at the beginning of every zone of like here are the things you need to do. So like in the first zone where you're fucking with a gardener, like it has things like make the gardener put on his sun hat or right. like. Uh, make the hammer drop on the gardener's thumb. Uh, and it's all these sort of things, and it's up to you to figure out how to do that. So it ends it ends up being... You have to stealthily find a way of fucking with this person and then getting away without them noticing. Because if they notice you, they chase after you, and you kind of lose control of your goose, and you can't yeah. do what you're intending to do. You'll drop whatever so, like, you're holding and kind of get pushed yeah, back. Yeah, you drop everything and just sort of run away. Yeah. Um, so like the best one like the dropping the hammer on the thumb is like he puts a sign up that's supposed to say no goose <laughs> or no geese I guess yep and you're supposed to very stealthily sort of like hide in the bushes of his garden wait until he's raising the hammer up and then run at him and honk at him really really loud so it turns, he drops so, the hammer onto his hand so it turns out you don't even need to be stealthy for that like I watched him I oh, st- do you not? no like when I did that I stood next to him like watched them put like, the sign up, doing it? and as he was winding up the hammer, it's like, and it just, yeah. <laughs> it just gone, which is yep. So yeah, the the game, there's a lot of situations where honking is just the right thing to do. I mean, it's generally like, every, always every, every the right time, thing. To every, do. It's always the right thing to do, but a lot of the time, like it's supposed to be there for a purpose, but a lot of the time, I found it just to do it as yep. like, like there's a thing where you have to like to get this, him to put his sun hat off, you have to steal his hat. Yep, and like I stole his hat. I ran away with it into the river and honked at him a couple of times to just be like, hey, asshole, I've got your hat, and yep. ran off. Yep. Um, but there's but only- yeah, it's a, it's a weird fucking game. It's a really strange game. It's been very well, like, they've thought of so many different aspects of it, where, like, it's yeah. again with the, the hat thing. Um, so I discovered that, so one of the, again, this is all just the first section, really, like, yeah. it explains everything you need to know about the game. But, like, so there's, there's one of the things you have to steal is radio and, like, take it out of his... Um, out of his uh, garden and like put it somewhere and i realized that like as soon as you pick up the radio the radio turns on and he can immediately hear it and follow you but if you run it yeah. into the river it shorts out and he can't hear it anymore so yeah i i um 
I also had that thought of like I had it and you need to because it's part of the picnic thing. Yeah, you have to go and put it in the the picnic blanket. And it was going, and I was like, I wonder if this is smart enough for me to dip this radio in the river. And it totally works. It shorts yep. it out, and that's it was it was pretty cool. So what happened to me is like he he followed me out, and with the with his, the radio was one of the first things I grabbed, and he followed me out, and I just ran into the river, shorted it out, turned around, and just I did the same thing. Like, I honked at him, was like, ah, you asshole. And then he was he yeah. like he put, he put his fed like shook to, shook the water out of his belly boots, and then followed me into the river. And this is like, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah, like, I wasn't expecting him to be able. You to- have to like you have to like properly go down into the reeds. Yeah. Like getting get into the deep of the yep the deep of the the river like, before he will stop following you. There's something about your avatar in this game being a goose that just makes you like cackle. It's the, I, I read it somewhere. I can't remember where I read it, but it was 100 percent right. Where it's the sort of like really confident waddle yes. that your goose has of like he walks into the thing and owns the place. Yep. Like he goes into any situation being the like I am the alpha in this situation. And I'm gonna do everything, and you fuckers are just gonna have to deal with it. So, like, like the uh, the best example of that is like in the in the second area. One of the first things you have to do is like it just the only instruction you get is uh, trap the boy in yep. the uh-huh. telephone booth. Yep. And I was like, how how like I, I thought trap meant like lock it or like yeah. lock him in or something. I was like, how am I gonna get him in the telephone booth? And I was just I I I channeled my inner goose, and I was like, I'm just going to run at him with my wings flapping and honking a bunch, and see what he does. And I did it, and he ran away into the fucking telephone booth and got the tech on it. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome! Right, of course this goose is just going to run at someone, and yeah. make them have a horrible fucking breakdown when they have to call the guy next door to come and get them out of the phone booth. But like, the, ridiculous! It's the moment where I so what, again, one of the other ones in there is make the boy put on the wrong glasses. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I can get the I can get the other glasses. That's fine. How do I get him to knock his glasses off? And I tried everything. Like I was just honking. I basically chased him around that place a bunch of times. Yeah. Like what's happening? And they realized you have to like sneak up, undo both of his shoelaces, and then run and honk at him so he falls over. And I was just like, I was just laughing so hard at being it's cruel a really, to this small child. Like it's a really funny game. Like oh. it is the situations that you can find yourself in are pretty hysterical and like there's a level of there's a level of detail in it that i really appreciated where they've really thought of things so there's a there's a section it's like a transition section between two where um you you basically have to you basically run into a house and you run into the house and it does like the the whole kind of cartoon like smash crash bang as you're running through this house and then you go out the other end and I did that once. I was like, oh, that was really funny. And then I came back around to, like, to another area and did it again. But this time I was holding a tennis racket. So I, walked yeah. to, I ran into the house holding this tennis racket. did the crash, boom, crash, boom. <laughs> and I came out without the tennis racket. I was like, oh, that sucks. They took the tennis racket away. And then the door reopened and the tennis racket got thrown out and the door shut again. I was like, oh, you've really thought of it every part that's of clever. This. Yeah, that's okay. really clever. Yep. And it was really like, there's a sense of comedic timing to a lot of this that I really... It's just, it's so much fun. It's it's very, for, for a, a game that was developed by four Australians, yeah. it has very good, like, British comedic timing. Yes. Where sure. every, everything's, like, a little bit tragic and kind of sad, but that's the comedy in it. And it's like, like two neighbours arguing over who, who cut their roses, and you're just like... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all okay. that stuff. And sure. Yeah. It's very um, uh, Last of the Summer Wine. Is yes, that sort of, it's got that, that kind sort of, of quaint village feel to it. Yeah. Um, so I still, and again, I, I haven't found a conclusive answer to this, but one of the original trailers definitely had two geese, like, 
like two yeah, player geese. The, the big, I'm pretty sure the big reveal of one of the trailer was two geese like running and honking at that yeah. gardener. And I was like, oh sweet, yeah. co-op geesing. Like I'm into that. But yeah. I can't co-op asshole out. goose. Is, yeah. yeah. But I can't figure out how to do it. Like we do, like I was trying to play it with my wife when we got it and we both sat down and turned two controllers on. It turns out both controllers can control the same goose. Which is oh, interesting. That's weird. Okay. But uh, which feels like a bug. But like yeah, there's no I can't find an option anywhere for two player I mean maybe maybe it unlocks when you finish it, I don't know. But Maybe, I don't know. Um but yeah, it's definitely not there that I can find at launch. And I haven't been able to Google and find anywhere saying, Oh yeah, this is how you do it. But it was definitely yeah. in one of those original trailers. Um, um yeah, I'm sure it was there. I just can't I remember what it was. And it's like it's not even like it's changed that much because I I went back and looked at the original like alpha footage that really got put it on the map for a lot of people. And it is that opening section with the gardener. Like it's just as is, like all the yeah. objectives are the same, like it's just there. So yeah, maybe it's an unlock at the end of the game or something like that. I can't I, I can't tell. Um I don't know. But, but yeah, that thing is that thing is hilarious. It's a is a cool is a cool, really unique thing that nobody else has really thought of before. Yeah, totally. But it is it's it's really neat. Like it's, it's an cool. impe- it is an impeccably animated goose. Like yes, I, it's a very well animated best, goose. Best goose of twenty nineteen easily. But, oh, easily, um, easily the best goose. Yeah. I would even go far as to say the best goose that has been in video games. Probably, but. probably. Um, I recommend playing it with a group if you can, of just being like trying to, because because the, there's one thing about you being a dick to children, but doing it as a group just is there's something yeah. about there's something about that that's very funny, and you're just um trying to come up with ways to mess up this particular person's day. It's just yeah, it's awesome. Um, so wait, that's what Epic Store Switch. And I think that's it. PS4? That's right. it. I thought it was just Epic Store and Switch for now. Uh, let me let just me check. check. Uh, House House, yeah. also a great name. Uh, yeah. Home Computers Switch, and Switch. Switch. Yeah. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Um, so let's get into a little bit of news because there's a couple of interesting stories. This week. Yeah. Um, that we should talk about. Um... Uh, yeah, kind of like I alluded to earlier, um, they made an announcement about Remedy uh, D- uh, Control DLC, mm-hmm. um, the first of which, the photo mode comes fall 2019, there's a new game mode called Expeditions, which they haven't, they haven't explained what any of this means, but like this is what they're yeah. called. Um, and then Expansion 1, the foundation, is early 2020, which is a, like it's referencing a location in the game. And then AWE, which is the Expansion 2 in mid-2020. So AWE is a thing in the world, in the world of Control, which is like the Altered World events, but also like it's in the Alan Wake font and Alan Wake is directly referenced in that game as a thing. So like, like yeah. him as a person is referenced as in as the, a... the events that happen in Bright Falls right, and okay. like his wife is named by name in one of the text sure. logs okay. and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, we'll 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 see where that goes. Yeah, um, that's cool. Like if 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 Alan Wake turns up in that universe, that's a really cool thing because yeah. those two those two games are something else. <laughs> and as, as soon as I saw the end of that game, I was like, oh, they are hundred percent putting out more stories in this world, like for sure. Um, so yeah, it was good to see good to see them actually do it. Um, Telltale Games is coming back very much like I f- was worried might actually happen. Um, so Telltale Games, obviously, uh, like famously this year, last year, sorry, got shut down, right? It's last year. Yes, uh, shut, shut down in 2018. Yes. Sure. Okay. Um, so it was 
the so this is from the Polygon article. Telltale Games is being revived after its assets were purchased by a company called LCG Entertainment, mm-hmm. um, who are continuing to sell some of some of Telltale's back catalogue and will work on new games based on a few Telltale associated properties as well as some new licenses. Um, the two owners, one of which has spent most of his career in mobile games, um, more recently known as the founder and CEO of Galaxy Pest Control, which are best known for licensed games based on Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers. Okay, sure. Um, and the other guy's previous experience includes running sales and marketing for Havoc, the game engine. Neither right. worked. To, neither previously worked at Telltale. But, but so the 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 big story for this, like on top of the the games, are probably going to go back up for sale because they've not been available for a while. Yeah. Um. They basically said, "I'm trying to find the actual the actual thing in here." Um. We're good. At, so this is a quote from. Um, so it's going to be based in Malibu, uh, four hundred miles from the original studio. This is a quote from them. We're going to say small over the next six months and we will work for more of a distributed development pipeline than Telltale was known for. We'll focus on tools, technology, and design in-house. Some things like animation and motion capture will be done with the right partnerships externally. So I, I can't actually find the original the, the original part where I read about this, but basically they are hiring a bunch of people on contract like to start right. with, yeah. which, you know, is kind of what I was worried was going to happen to the studio where they're going to basically sell all this stuff off. And remember, like famously, like they did not pay severance. They canceled medical yeah. insurance very, very early on, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they bring it back as a new, as the same name, but like with all these people as contractors. And you're just like, yeah, this is not how you should do this. Like hire people for God's sake, if you're going to do this, but who knows? Um, I wish I could find the original article, but that's really annoying. Um, there's a, it was a whole yeah. bunch of bad shit. There's a lot of bad shit. And a lot of people were looking at it going, yeah, this is what we thought was going to happen and it's real shit. So we'll see. But yeah, so at least if nothing else, like those games are going to go back on sale, which, hey, people should play Wolf Among Us and the Borderlands one considering that new Borderlands game looks terrible. Um, it doesn't look great. No. I'll still I'll still probably try it if it gets Oh yeah, totally. Enough. Like if it goes cheap, I will for sure pick it up, but it just does not sound like, it sounds like it should have come out in about five years ago. Um, yeah. yeah, who knows? Because those photos you were sending me yesterday suggest that they're the 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 reference points that they're drawing for humor seems to be. It from sounds like that quite studio, a long time ago. It sounds like that studio has been hematically sealed since the second game came out. Yeah, and you're just like these are the ref- like you're making South Park references from like seven years ago. Really? Okay, yeah. sure. Um, some interesting legal news, which is not something we really talk about a lot, but this has a... Uh, some... Yeah, we're, we're both lawyers. We oh yeah, 100%. Percent. My, my bar exam went swimmingly. That's all I know about legal. I don't, I don't think we have the bar in the UK. That's we not? Okay. Eh. I think that's an American thing. Fair I'm enough. I'm not sure. Um, so there was a ruling by the High Court of Paris, or sorry, Tribunal de Grande Instance de Paris, which is... Oh no, like... there is bars in the UK. Okay, okay. fair enough. That's... Good to know. Okay. Um, so basically they ruled the French High Court delivered a blow to Valve ruling that European customers are legally free to resell digital games bought on Steam just as the same as they're able to resell packaged and physical games so um, the court rejected Valve's defence that argued that Steam is a subscription service according to um, whoever this is who I don't know uh, oh it's a French game site sorry Numenera Um the court found oh, that sure. Steam sells games in perpetuity and not as part of a subscription package. Um, it's all to do with like EU law about free movement of goods within the union and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
do 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 and Valve said we disagree with the decision of the Paris court and we'll appeal it um, the decision will have no effect on Steam while the case is on appeal so they don't have to do anything until their appeal has either been rejected or, or succeeded which is so if, the, if the appeal doesn't go through and it's a thing that the government have said what actually happens at that that's point that's a huge unknown like yeah. that's the thing so this is now does it mean that they have to does it mean they have to allow selling of games between users and Steam so, or yeah there, there's two ways this can go right this can either go and again from my extensive legal background I can tell you exactly how this is going to go but this is kind of a guess there's two basically two ways it looks like this can go right either this becomes now that the French High Court have done this this become precedents throughout the EU and a bunch of other EU countries jump on this and go yeah you can't do that here either um, all that kind of stuff. In which case, Valve are then have two options with either lose the entire EU market or the large EU market and just stop selling games there because they're not going to make money or they stop selling games just to France, right? You cannot use France, Steam in France because they can't, they do not have the infrastructure to be able to, or don't want to build the infrastructure to allow you to resell games. There's that part of it, which is like, this could either have real knock-on effects for like french steam users or if it gets big enough like steam might have to change their policies the other part of this is like you wanted one of the reasons i guess they're going to appeal this apart from them having to build more infrastructure in order to be able to allow you to do this and then losing cuts of profits is that they are basically going to lose the indie market if this happens because the whole thing about selling small games on steam or is that like you can't just buy one copy and trade it about, right? Like, yeah. everyone involved has to buy a copy of Goose Game, right? It's 10 quid, so it's not like the 60 quid outlay that people would normally do. But if you can just no, buy yeah. it, but if you can just buy a game and then digitally resell it to and somebody just else. Keep passing it, yeah, yeah. Like, like company, that, that then becomes, it becomes worse for um, maybe smaller studios that are making more limited experiences that are maybe only like a couple of hours. Because totally. then. Someone exactly. buys it and it just keeps passing it down the line, and then I mean, you, they don't get I mean, you, the money for those people playing the. Yeah, like if anyone's been following Steam over the past couple of years, like they've been wrestling with. I mean, Steam are bad business model for a whole bunch oh, of yeah. reasons. But they've been for a long time. Yeah. One of the things that they've been really wrestling with is their refund policy, right? Where like, yeah, how you deal with because again, this is an EU thing where like, if you're in the EU, you have thirty days to return a product, no no questions asked. Like that is a thing you have to have it to sell stuff in the EU. So. That then opens you up to, if I buy a, a a smaller game that is maybe over in two hours and you get what you need out of it, like you can then yeah. just resell it back, and then that and the company loses money because they have to pay for the resale and all this all this kind of stuff. It's a thing they've been really wrestling with for a while. So if you then get to the stage where like you don't even have to deal with a resale part of it, like yeah. you're just like here's one copy that is now like. Do websites start springing up the same way they did for PS4, which is like, hey, share your PSN login and these eight people can share this game and you can just pass this game around. And like, like that's going to devastate some smaller developers. So it seems very pro-consumer, but also like it can really have an effect um, on the business model as it stands right now. So there's some interesting, something to keep an eye on, see how this goes. Yeah. Um, Not as 100% great as it originally looked. So then the final story, because man, this was a journey. The So ESA, or the company that do E3, have had a wild mm. month um, where they leaked... Oh, yeah, yeah. They leaked a bunch of, basically, like, home addresses, names Any, of... Yeah, they, 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 they near enough doxed 
basically every journalist and not well. Every media person not, that went the, to E3. Yeah, basically. the media people that went to E3 basically got doxxed Was the yeah the, the key point of the? So, and it was like it wasn't even it wasn't even like a proper like hack that found it. It was no. just on their website. Yeah, that there was a link. There was like two links. You could get to it from the homepage in two clicks, and it was just yeah. there. Um, and it was like a lot of the. I think we talked about this briefly, but like if you were, if like if you're part of a big, if you're an IGN or a Gamespot, like you're probably fine because the address you use to sign up for your E3 pass is your home, is your office, right? It's, yeah, it's the building that you. But but that also had probably phone numbers and stuff like that yeah. on it, which you don't want. But if you're like a YouTuber or like a uh, independent contractor or any of that kind of stuff, an influencer, like you, an influencer, or even just like a journalist who like works remotely. Like yeah. you may have got your game, you may have got your pass sent to your house. So which means you're, yeah. and like this is not like a theoretical thing. Like this had effects on people. Like people got messages, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. stuff. People appeared at doors. Like it was a bad fucking scene. So that combined with the fact that E3 was kind of a weird year this year. Of like, why are we still doing this? Because like the big two big companies are not on the show floor, and there's seven types of energy drink for sale. Like. Why are we still doing this as a as a as an industry and all, all this? There's a lot of questions about the future of E3. Yeah. So this week, what happened was the e, the E3 2020 pitch slide deck went out to investors. Um, yeah, I remember this now. So this this goes out to their the lobbying group's members. Um, it's from August, middle of August is when it's dated. But basically, it went out to everyone who's a member of E3. A member of the ESA, which is like all the big publishers, like a bunch of developers, like it's the industry standard body for these people. Yeah. It gets sent out to say like, here's what we're planning to do for E3 2020. And here's how we're, um, here's how we're um, planning to run this and do some stuff differently. And it is the most marketing wankiest yeah. slide deck I think I've ever seen. So I'm just, um, so originally like, uh, who was it? The, the, that led with this story it was game in gamedaily.biz who do the business side of games they do some good yeah. coverage there they originally had a couple of slides and the the kind of lead story was like hey we're going to um we're going to it's going to we're going to focus on influencers and a lot of kind of like experience stuff yeah. that was there that could like kind of re- there's a lot of the, when you look at when you look at the um the floor map on that slide deck. Yeah, there are massive areas that are just devoted to experience one and experience yeah. two. They talk are... about so so they so originally they just posted a couple of slides from the slide deck that they got their hold of they got hold of, and then the story got like uh, retold and retold and retold and it kind of got warped a little bit. So there's just like fuck it, here's the whole slide deck. Like we're not like here's the whole thing. Like make your own assumptions from what they said. So like slide one. From this thing, E3 was a business-to-business retail event, but no longer. We listened, heard, and evolved. E3 will be a fan, media, and influencer festival. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> it will mark both the beginning of the news and announcement cycle for the year and be a convening point for the biggest fans, top video game companies, leading news outlets and analysts, and social media influencers, celebrities, and athletes. You're like, wait, what? Athletes? That's... Yeah, I know. Like, they're, they're, they're marketed out as a different group, which is interesting. Right. Um, E3 is changing. We're planning to... Oh, God. It starts here. This is slide three, four. We're planning to pivot uh, to an event focused on core gamers, online influencers, celebrities, (laughs) and media with an emphasis on high... More core gamers! Right. Uh, Celebrities and media with with an emphasis on high-flow game pavilions, new programming... (laughs) 
and branded curated experiences centered on a theme. Yeah. Like, okay. Sure. And there's a lot sure. of this kind of stuff in here where they talk about like social media influencer engagement and cutainment, which is the worst word I've heard this year. Cutainment is one of the worst things that I've seen in that slide deck ever. So like already like because E3 have been doing public um, tickets for two years now, I think. Yes. And there was definitely right. the story that came out of E3 was like, yeah, people were waiting like in line for four hours to play a game that's already out like yeah. this is really weird so now they're talking about hey rather than like making that system better and let, letting people get in and actually see the things they want to see how about we just market the shit out to them when they're in a queue and can't move yeah and just like okay sure captive audience is the word it, yeah captive the most captive of audience oh yeah literally captive audience um they talk about like the the center stage experience the e3 coliseum a multi-use experience that brings unique high energy experiences over the course of the show there weren't experiences in this that's a lot of experiences yeah. yeah uh best in class event producers uh, pavilions they would use pavilions a lot as well okay so some of the real high points and by high points i mean really low points Exhibitors can create exclusive appointment-only activations for select attendees who will create buzz and FOMO. This is a word <laughs> on a slide. This is a word on a slide that gets sent to real people who do real business, right? I hate FOMO. FOMO is the worst. Biz- like, appointment-only appointment activations. Activations yeah. was a word I had to go look up as a marketing term. Oh, oh wait, that's actually, that's, so is that not what I think activations means? What do you think activations means? Is activations like you sign up for a thing and then you no, get a message? No, no, this no. It's like no. activations is a fancy marketing word for um, like uh, what's the, what's the word that they use in um, like free to play things where you turn like a free to play app into like an actual purchase? There's a word for that conversion. Okay, conversion. Yeah, that... it's like conversion, yeah. but in the real world where you get somebody who does not give a shit about your thing to suddenly care about your thing. Oh, okay, right. What? And also, like, if you've got influencers, you activate your influencer to get your message out of there, right? It's like right, it's like okay, they're here. it's like they're fucking Cold War spies that you're activating. Yeah. Like, it's you're that... activating the cell of influencers. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. Um. So there was another section on here. Sample activation: leading actors competing in video game tournaments. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Sure. So there was a light. Oh, so, this is, so so activation is. A, a drive towards like engagement i guess is the... yeah it's engagement it's right. along the same kind of level of bullshit right how many how many marketing words can we use in this yeah one? all of them as it turns out so there's yeah. one thing in here that got kind of this was kind of the thing that got out of control and that this is kind of the reason why they posted the whole um thing was there's a line in here which says this is part of the paid media partnerships slide which says, uh, create paid media partnerships with major outlets that exponentially increase the reach of E3 and its exhibitors and enables the ESA to control content and the message. So this is basically saying like, and this is, I'm picking names out of the air, but like, hey, why don't we partner with IGN to do like the ESA E3 show? And since we're partnering with them, we then get to control what goes on the stage, what gets said, all that kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of thing. So that was already like, you're going to fucking pay media to like, no. So then the third third part of this is, for instance, CN- CNBC's Tech Impact was a proof of concept that enabled ESA to build the show, own the content, and distribute it nationally. So this is a show that, this is like a, a, a special, like special that CNBC did, like one of their Tech Impact is one of their shows, their news shows, and it was basically like they did a section on E3, right? And they did like an episode yeah. on E3. And what they're saying here was that this was partnered with the ESA to do this. 
right? Right. There was no mention on that show that they were associated with the ESA, paid for by the yeah, ESA. Like none of that was yeah. in there. So this was the thing that was like, you're already not talking about the partnerships you have. So like, as you say, you you have to disclose that information now, maybe, right? don't you? In, Legally, in this country, maybe, but I don't know what the laws know. are about the, the the US. I I don't because it's maybe not an ad. Like maybe the rules on what is an ad and what is not an ad is yeah. Sure. Okay. Um. So this is from the Game Daily Biz article. Um. While this might be interpreted as calming advertising purchases, the ESA specifically calls out that it funded segments on Tech Impact, a show that ESA says runs on CNBC. These episodes, available via the website, do not carry any disclosure or obvious notation the content was a paid promotion by the lobbying group. So again, they're a lobbying group. So this would come under like oh, lobbying right. law, yeah. which yeah. who knows? Like the NSA had, a, sorry, not NSA, the NRA had a fucking TV channel in the US. Like I was going to say, yeah, like I think the lobbying laws are completely fucked in America. Yeah, so totally. That's- uh, the disclosure is not included on the episode listing or disclosed in the video segments published on that page. So that's the whole thing. Um, there's just a lot of bullshit in this slide deck, and it's well worth yeah. having a look. This is the one that made me feel like real, almost physically sick. Right? This is the two slides that are titled "The Power, the Power of Social Good." And this is the last thing. This part of this, right? So, the company I work for, we have the concept of CSRs, which are a thing that we've had since i've been there which is corporate social responsibility and what it turns yeah. out what it turns out to be is like hey we like we go clean up the local area like we we're near the river of leith yeah so we go clean up the river we do charity stuff as we po- do positive outreach and, yeah yeah and like i'm not i'm not blind to the fact that this is kind of pr and it's like look we're yeah. this company and we're helping we're this- so good yeah exactly like I'm not blind to that, but like as a person who's been part of it at points, like it, we're, we're helping people regardless of whether. It was, so that's fine, right? Seeing it written down in this thing is wild. So this is the a slide titled "The Power of Social Goods." There'll be a link to these slides on the post, by the way, if you want to read through yeah. these yourself. Research shows you should. You should oh, you should. Yes, you should really see this. It's terrifying and hysterical. Yeah. Point one: Research shows real good way to show for a start about how you want to reach out to charities in the local community. Real good. Research shows that millennials and Gen Z are the most, quote, giving back social good generations ever. Ah! Right? I hate it already. Point two. By... I need to make sure I read this right because there's a lot of words in here. By amplifying E3's social good brand, we can advance the industry's brand with consumers while storing positive chits for future use, e.g. policy goals, next negative video game story. Yeah. So, like, in English, what they're that see, means... They're, they're seeing it as a currency of, we did this good thing. So the next time so that they... bad thing can then get... So the next time like, they dox like, a bunch of journalists, they can go, but yeah. we donated to this charity, so we must... We yeah. can't be all bad. Like, that is just... Like, I understand why companies do this, right? I'm not an idiot. But seeing it written yeah. down in such bold like terms... Like, blanket terms, yeah. ...is just insane. Like, it's... Like it's the sort it's the sort of thing that you probably don't want people to see because it makes you sound like a fucking crazy yeah, person. Like th- this it's, is yeah. it's, it's the it's the un, it's the the quiet part loud. Like it's yeah, it's and also like this is yeah. Um, then where was this other? There's a specific line. So they're, they're talking about one tactic we implement is partnering with influencers who are passionate about E3 relevant social good efforts, e.g., gender equality in STEM. And you're just like. Don't fucking bring gender equality into your yeah. fucking PR nonsense. Like that's what are probably you doing? not good. Imagine like, I, care, I care. I care a lot about engagement with STEM, especially with totally. The, As do the I. Field right? that I work in, but like fucking 
not there. That is no. not. <laughs> um, imagine an NBA champion global superstar participating in the E3 Coliseum conversation and or global movie star being part of the E3 digital ticket because it included social good components. Like, that's a sentence that means fucking nothing, but okay, yeah. sure. Um, well, it means they might, be, they might be able to hook bigger celebrity fish by saying they do all these nice things. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. Um, so th- there's this other bit, like the same same slides, but there's this other bit in here that says, like, it's one of those ones where you have to read through the line, read between the lines a little bit, where it says, um, influencer engagement through traditional means is expensive due to the speaker and appearance fees top talent can command. Our strategy could include a year-round and multiple-year approach rooted in true partnership. We have something they crave for their social good efforts, attention, and access to a platform representing the biggest industry on the planet. So to me, if you read that in English, that is, we're not going to pay influencers, we're going to pay yeah. you with exposure, which yeah. is already like... That's, that, that, that sort of terminology already has such bad talk in right? the minds of people when you're talking about like freelance work and like writers and stuff yeah, like, like that that's already come up in the past don't yeah. work don't nobody should work for exposure and like yeah, never uh, ever work for exposure and it's like as, as much as we've occasionally like i don't think we have actually but there's a lot of like people shit talk like the whole I mean, influencer as a concept is still kind of wild to me but like yeah. people who do and who whose entire job and make their money from Twitch and YouTube, like it is a skill, and I don't think we've ever said anything that is that we've never disparaged that part of it, right? Like, oh no, in order being, to be able to being hold a, being a good Twitch streamer and being able to play that game well is a fucking skill and an right? impressive skill at that. It's, like, I am. Uh, like, I, I, I messaged you the first time I watched uh, Ninja when he mo- moved over to Mixer, and yep. like. That guy, when he was on his Lollapalooza streams, was fucking on point as, like, a high-grade streamer. Like, he knew exactly what he needed to do at the right moments. It was impressive. Like, that is a skill. I'm trying to cut, I'm trying to find the name, but um, Paladin Amber, that was the one that I kept coming across. Yeah, she's... she's she she's is, like, she's, she's on another level. Like, you should look up... She got real, real big on Twitter a couple of months ago for her style of like shutting people down in their in her co- yeah. in her chat and stuff like that like that the way she does that like you watch enough like there's there's and such skill involved in doing that and doing it well so then for them to turn around and say but we don't want to pay these people because they're expensive and like yeah it's, it's well known in the industry as well like your high tier streamers your ninjas your your pewdiepies your your um like probably like especially like when name, you see, name one other streamer that you well, know right now uh, I don't watch Twitch. Um, yeah. They all play fucking Dota. I don't care. Um, <laughs> they, but you, but especially when you look at talent who's crossed over to do more things, like some, someone like a uh, Cloud, no, uh, Day Nine. I was about to say Cloud Nine. Yeah, Day Nine. Um, yeah. Like he probably has, as most most like presenters do, he probably has like a price sheet. And he's like, I want, get yeah. Probably. If you want me, if you want me for your thing, like here's my here's my my prices a like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah um i can't remember there's a call no not call sheet there's a there's a word for like here's my price yeah. list basically so like for them to then go like the industry leading lobbying group to then say but we don't want to pay we want influencers because they're good for activations but we don't want to pay them it's just like every part of this just gets continually worse and worse and you're just, yeah it's just it's just bad and people should really look at this thing just to see like this is the people that run the e3 and these are the people that theoretically are the video game 
lobbying group for the thing that you care about. This is their approach to all of this. Yes, and you start to see a lot, and you start to see a lot of people go, "Why, like the ESA needs to go the fuck away because they are not helping anyone at this point." Yeah, yeah, it's worth a look. But yeah, that I saw that I saw a couple of the slides and was like, "That's real dumb." And then I read the whole slide deck and I just got progressively more and more, um, more and more disappointed. And just as just as a comparison, um, Daniel Ahmed, huge ex on Twitter, just had this tweet which I thought was really good, which was the. Attendance, attendance of a bunch of game shows that, that uh, from this year and some from last year that have also helped. So like Gamescom was three hundred seventy three thousand people this year. Yeah, the China Joy, which is the Chinese Gamescom, was three hundred sixty five thousand. Uh, Taipei was three hundred twenty k. Tokyo Game Show was two hundred sixty two k. And E three this year was sixty six thousand. Yeah. Like they are losing people fast. Oh yeah. Like they're they're losing people in attendance and companies to showcase stuff because totally. people keep pulling out of that as well. Yeah. So it's so like I, we've I know we've said this past couple of years, but like as new stuff has started to form, like next year I think is the breaking point, right? Because next year you theoretically have Sony and Microsoft announcing new hardware. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see what uh, E3 2020 looks like because yeah. I've got no idea anymore. Because because if they don't if they even if this like the leak of the slide deck has not affected their plans they look at this and go ah fucking who cares and they go ahead with this as the plan like if you're sony and microsoft like do you still turn up because you're like well they want like maybe you turn up with like a small thing which is like here's the ps5 and here's games to play with it but like you're not having your keynote there no you don't have your big stage show which like here's i mean sony didn't even do anything last year exactly um they they announced their five big things before e3 happened right like if they're not there in their big showy thing of like, here's the fucking next generation of our consoles, like, why the fuck do you even turn up to E3 at that yeah, point? Yeah, you like, don't go at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, you, and you look at like, um, uh, the day you're listening to this, actually, will have been a PlayStation State of Play, which is like there, and they're like, yeah, we're probably going to announce, I mean, if you read between the lines, like, we're probably going to announce the release date of um, Last of Us Part 2, right? Like a huge E3 yeah. level announcement. They've been they've been put yeah they've been pushing it on their socials for on their a, socials like a week or so. I now. mean, and Naughty Dog have been super explicit about being like it's been far too long. I think is the thing they've been yeah. tweeting. like yeah they're probably going to announce a date for that thing. So like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo all now have their own channel to to yeah. consumers at this point where people they can say we're doing a thing and people will turn the fuck up right yeah so. Why all the all all the all the the Nintendo Directs and the Xbox stuff and the state of plays and stuff have like hundreds of thousands of viewers on on Twitch and stuff. So yeah, yeah, they've got their own. So yeah, so if if they're if they're launching new hardware and they don't turn up big, like yeah, E3 is not gonna E3 is going to need to be something very different. Yeah, and like which is what they're trying to which is they said themselves they're They're just doing it a fucking terrible explicit way, right? And like. And the other thing, like, again, I know this is people's job. I know that, like, marketing and PR is a... Well, P- yeah, marketing and PR um, are a thing and that they require some level of skill. And I get that. But you look at this and you go, how can anyone write these words down? I Because there are, there are people that are marketers they have degrees in marketing but and it, this is what they do but like, it feels like so like my whole job right is well half of my job is like purely technical but the other half of my job is like 
I'm talking to someone who doesn't know the technical side of it, and I know the technical yeah. side of it, and my entire job is to translate what I know into what they know and what they know into what I know. But that's half right. my job, right? It feels like marketing and PR only talk to other marketing and PR people because as as people who are like we are we are what they would classify as core gamers, right? We are the people who, sure, yeah. we read the news sites, we are active on Twitter, we follow all of this stuff. We, we're talking about yeah. the business of the ESA lobbying group, right? We are yeah, the yeah. target market for this stuff. So when they come out with this cotton candy bullshit grade nonsense <laughs> that we immediately look at and go, this is bullshit. Print, print, like, that, print that on a t-shirt. <laughs> like, who who are they targeting with this except other people in other boardrooms who are other marketers? Well, yeah, that's that's. I assume that's what the slide deck's for. It's for sending to people who are trying to display stuff at E three, going right. here is our plan. But like, not for us to see. But even you would have to. But even the people who are responsible in somewhere like, because obviously, like this is going to ESA partners. This is going to your Activisions, your yeah, um, yeah. your Ubisoft, all this kind of stuff. Even those people would look at it and go like. This seems like the marketing people there are probably yes, I, activations and turnover and well, all these boards. Like they don't say any like that's useless outside of the marketing level. It feels like like it feels like they're talking their own language. And at some point, these people then now go to the people directly below them and go, "We need to implement this," and nobody's talked to them. It's like yeah. yes, this is the plan, and it's just it's it's such a weird thing to to see play out like in broad daylight. Um, it's it's just it's bizarre, and I don't understand it. But yeah, we will see what the fuck happens with you this year. Uh, next I've year. Get, yeah, I've got no idea. It's fascinating Who to knows? see what they want to do at this point. Who knows? Um, so I think that's everything I've got. Unless you have anything else, um, uh, not that I can think of. No. Um, so yeah, we have a reprieve next week or the week you're hearing yes. this. Where there's nothing that coming out there. The, I have I have a week to play other video games yes. before the Destiny expansion comes. October first, Shadow Shadow Keep. Yeah. I was to say Shadow Play. Shadow Keep nope. comes out. Shadow Keep. And then yep. there's a bunch of stuff at the start of October. And then that's just the video game for the rest of the yeah. <laughs> October's <laughs> October's kind of packed. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, so there's a lot we'll, of stuff we'll in October. Um, what we've got on the site we'll be putting something up from Overland probably the week you're hearing this something yeah. probably at least a little of a look at Green- Greedfall to at least see what it looks like it's probably not going to be a yeah, huge video maybe. but we'll look at something no it'll be very short yeah if I can hook up a, figure out a way to hook up a Switch I want to show off Sinar Wild Hearts because you just kind of see that game in action for it to to really come across um, and yeah, some some other stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll see. I'm gonna hopefully again the week you hear this will be. Oh yeah, um, old SPC games. Uh, started playing Blade Runner. Um, the recording of that will be going up this week, and I'll probably do the next part. I'm gonna tentatively say on Thursday. I'm gonna sure. stream out the, the, me continuing to play that game. Hopefully with better technical set up than I did last time. Yeah, but, um, you and figuring out how to actually stream on Twitch. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out there's a lot of what happens when he um, doesn't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so the first part of that will be up this week. Second part uh, will be streamed and then cut together for the following week, probably. And there'll be a bunch yeah. of other stuff, I'm sure. Keep an eye on. Keep an eye on the website, GameMinistar.com, where you can find all the stuff we post will be there. Or uh, on Facebook and Twitter, if you search GameMinistart, you'll find it there. YouTube.com slash GameMinistart. If you subscribe, you get notified when we put new videos up. Uh, email podcast at gameinjustart.com also twitch.tv slash gameinjustart where we'll be streaming or I'll be streaming 
next um, all those PC games. And that's everything. We will be back in two weeks under our torrent of video games. And yeah. Yeah, we will see you then. Enjoy whatever may, you're playing. May, may, may or may not be in those two weeks. I might have to like pull it back a week so I can really dive into Destiny, but we'll see. Oh yeah, I mean, we'll both be doing... Yeah, we'll we'll see yeah. how that goes. But, um, we'll see how it goes. Enjoy whatever you're playing and we'll see you when we see you. Goodbye. Bye.